Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. This afternoon, I sensed that anointing for healing come into my hand. And normally I would wait till the end of the service, but sometimes when it flashes right at the start of the service, then I know he wants me to address it early on. And so uh, if there's pain in your body right now, if you're in here, there's pain in your body, stand to your feet. Just stay right where you're at, at your seat. I'm not going to call you forward, but there's pain in your body. We thank you for, we thank you, Father, that healing power is present to deal with that pain. Those of you who may be watching and uh, you've joined us tonight, right where you're at and there's pain in your body, you can receive of this flow too, right where you're at. And it doesn't matter when you watch this. It doesn't have to be live that you're watching it because the word never changes. The anointing and the power of God never changes. It doesn't diminish over time. And we can say this, we're still feeding and receiving of a word that was written thousands of years ago. So it's not when it's spoken, it's when it's believed. And it doesn't matter how much later you may be watching this, you can hook in your faith and still receive. Amen. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus in your plan for sending him was our healing in mind. Jesus, thank you for obeying the Father and paying the price. And by your stripes, we are healed. So I speak to pain. I speak to every difficulty. I speak to sickness and disease. You take your hands. Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. You take your hands off the bodies of these people. And you loose them and you let them go. We belong to Christ. We belong to the healer. Therefore, we belong to the healing flow. And we receive that healing power right now. Right now where you're at, just say, I receive that healing power from the top of my head to the soles of my feet in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for it, Father. We give you glory and honor and thanks. We give you glory and honor. There's somebody, I don't, whether you're standing or not, isn't, you could be seated, but there's somebody that your hips have been misaligned. That's being corrected right now. Just receive that. Amen. Receive that. There's some internal organs being adjusted. There's especially something in the lower area. The lower area, there's been something that's not been sitting right. And I don't know how to say it other than that, but it has shifted from its proper place. And I say that's going back into its proper place right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And like I said, you don't have to be in this room to be receiving that word for yourself. Amen. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. Somebody at the base of your skull, right here at the base of your skull, there's been some kind of pain. Something's been out of place. Not only that, not only has it been out of place, something has disintegrated that 
is supposed to be there. Uh, so God puts it back. I said, God puts it back by his power. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for that, Jesus. The fourth, uh, the vertebrae fourth from the top. Now see, that might not mean something to generally to people, but to someone who has heard that from a chiropractor or a doctor, they'll know what I'm speaking to. Fourth from the top, uh, herniated disc is what comes to me on that. Uh, that's being healed right now. That's being healed right now. Just receive that. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you. We glorify you. Mashtikikie. Machakatotokochikikia the bastikikie the beshikikie. Machakakaya the bostokotetikie the beshikikie. Machakakaye. Pastor Debbie, give me your hand. Just give me your hand. Father, I thank you for healing that, making whole, every bit of it whole. In Jesus' name, every bit of it, every bit of it, every bit of it whole. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. We glorify, we glorify, we magnify. There's female organs that are being healed right now. Female organs being healed right now. Just receive it. Receive that healing power. In fact, you can sense a burning sensation. You can sense a burning sensation. That's the fire of God, the anointing of God working on that because really you're a little bit alarmed at what you're feeling. No, nothing's going wrong with your body. Something's going right with it. Healing power is making that whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Somebody else, you did not attach your faith to that word given that there's hips misaligned. Something, if somebody were to show you, it would look like this on an x-ray instead of this. It would look like this. Uh, release your faith. Receive that. God has that for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. We glorify you. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. We worship you. We worship you. The, th no. the third vertebrae from the bottom. So I don't know how chiropractors number it from top to bottom or bottom to top. It doesn't really matter to me. Third up from the bottom. The power of God is making that whole making that right. And I tell you what, when your back mm, has had difficulty, it's felt everywhere. Amen. Thank God for that. Just receive it right where you're at. Just receive that. Somebody knee joints. I mean, it's, you're, you're on the verge of having, of needing knee replacements. They've, 
that has been discussed, no decision has been made, uh, no steps have been made to go that direction, but that's what is being discussed. God makes that whole in Jesus' name. So right where you're at, and like I said, this could be live stream as well. Just bend that knee, give action to that anointing. Give action to that. Hallelujah. And something right, right in the area, right where the shoulder blades would come meet together in the back, along that line. God is making that area, the power of God's working on that region, making that whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Those of you that are standing, you can be seated if you want. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. Something with somebody, the bottom of somebody's foot has been injured. That's being healed right now. Just receive that. The bottom of your foot. We thank you, Father. I don't know if you stepped on something or your foot was crushed somehow, but something with the bottom of it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We glorify you. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Somebody in your back, you've done something to the muscles in your back. That the muscle, you've got muscle damage in the back. That's being made whole right now. Amen. Give action to that. I mean, move around, do something. And even if you're at home and watching this, act on that, receive it. Why? We're not checking to see if it worked. We're giving action to that anointing. We believe in the power of God. I said, we believe in the power of God. And I tell you what, people's needs getting met is so important to Jesus and it's important to us. I said, it's important to us that people receive what they need. It matters to us. Why? We are fitly joined together in the body. And it matters that what we fit with, that it receives what it needs. Amen. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. Such a wonderful healer. Something of the creative order is happening. Something of the creative order. Somebody's teeth, something teeth um, that have been so, they've been so damaged, God is recreating, recreating, recreating. Hallelujah. Recreating. Just receive that. Just receive that. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. I don't know if this, uh, it comes to me. I don't know if it's the same person or a different person. And I don't know enough about dental things to even say uh, other than this. It seems like some kind of medication from years ago did something to your teeth. And uh, ever since then, uh, it, they've just been, if I could say this, just disintegrating in health. Just disintegrating in health. God makes that whole. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, we thought this was a prayer conference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you know how long we've been praying for healings and miracles? <laughs> but not only that, anytime you preach the word, he's going to confirm it. Amen. He'll confirm the prayer word taught with signs following because he confirms his word. Amen. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. The power of God is going right down the middle of both legs in somebody's body. Right down the middle of both legs. And uh, I don't know if there was paralysis there. It's, they weren't working. They weren't supporting you right. They were not working right. But now that power is working. And now you're whole. Now you're whole. Listen, if you're watching by live stream, we want to know. And I'm not saying even live. If you even watch this later. Post it, contact us at the ministry. Let us know why we gather and collect these testimonies because people need to know what God will do for them. And when he, they hear what God did for you, it only fortifies them and encourages their faith in knowing what he'll do for them. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you've been watching and you say, I can already tell the power of God working. And one of those things you've called out, uh, I don't even know, what do they do? Do they post it on what? YouTube, so they can post it there on YouTube, on Facebook, whatever outlet you're, you're watching it on. And if you're, uh, or you can go, like we said, to our website, but by posting it on uh, YouTube or Facebook, you immediately, we are, we're immediately notified of that. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We glorify you. We glorify you. I would say to that person, that last one that I called out, do something you could not do. Stand up, move around, get out of that bed, get out of that chair. That which held you to in a certain position, violate that position. Do something you could not do before. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when we're in healing services, the way we should be hooked in is as if we were that one being ministered to. That if we were the one in pain, if we were the one that was needing a miracle, with that same interest. And this is just part of really, we have to be taught that that's the proper way, amen? That's the proper way to respond and to hook in and to ha hook our faith for people, for others, amen? Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Somebody, uh, I don't, 
on the left side, right, if, right at, the, at the edge of that rib cage, something in there has been uh, great difficulties in that area. The power of God is right there working on that, making you whole right there in that region. Amen. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Um, hand me the microphone, if you would. Uh, Brother Joel, this comes to me. There are people watching who have cancer. I need you to come and minister the healing word to them. Hallelujah. The anointing is already released for your need if you just take hold of it. I'm going to speak the word and you take hold like you're leaving none for anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Cancer. Yes. You die. Yes. Cells submit to the order of God. Yes. Tumors die. Yes. Cancer be healed. Yes. In Jesus name. In Jesus Amen. name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. I had this come up in my heart while I was sitting there. And that might be for somebody here, somebody uh, watching as well. That, that which was deformed has been reformed. That which was deformed is reformed. So just start giving action if there's something in you yeah. Yeah. that's deformed. Believe the word of the Lord, give action yeah. to the word of the Lord, and see the word of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, it, it matters that we remember Matthew eight seventeen. We always, and which is proper, we focus on himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, but we must not overlook that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. It matters what's spoken. Because when God wants to fulfill it, he's got to have someone to speak it. Because that's the divine order of God. He says something, then he does something. And you can't just sit as ministers, you can't just sit back and wait for him to do something without somebody saying something. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And you say, well, he was a prophet. He was a man. He was also a man. God fulfills what men say under the unction of the spirit, under the anointing, under the authority of the word. Amen. And God hastens to his word to perform it. And when we speak the word, we give God's power a target. Amen. Because he hastens to his word to perform it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Um, Bible school. Your, your name escapes me. Yes. Red. Yes. Yes, love. Yes. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Real quick. Yeah, just come this way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, there's freedom. There, there, there needs to be some ways of thinking helped. And it's a good thing 
It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. No more troubling. The, tr the troubling. Amen. Just troubling that affected decisions made. And decisions were made because of the troubling. Amen. Yeah, the, the choice was yours, but the troubling is what affected the choice you made. And God deals with that. And I don't know what all that means. Does it make sense to you? It does? That, that's all that matters. And so God deals with that troubling so that the mind can make clear choices. It sees clearly what choice to make rather than hindered and affected. Peace is going to be so prevalent for you because that thing which has been troubling, you be free in Jesus' name from that. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you. Now you'll see some just lunging ahead. You'll see some things where you just lunge ahead in the right direction. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. And there's going to have to be some redefining of what you thought was God or what... God will help redefine that. But just don't hang on to a way of thinking when, a, when, the, when the higher way and the correct way shows, shows up. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we, um, <clears throat> we began teaching on Tuesday night. Anybody remember? There is now no condemnation. And sometimes people can have, if I could say this, have been pushed around by condemnation for so long, they don't even know it's condemnation. Because condemnation is not always a mental bombardment that is prevalent. It's sometimes a subtle way of thinking that came in there through what condemnation suggested. Amen. Thank God for that help. I said, thank God for that help. And how many of you got help by Pastor Noel's instruction, his ministry? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And if we're not careful, Pastor Debbie and I were talking about it on the way over here. Uh, Ephesians six eighteen, uh, all kinds of prayer, all kinds. And if we're not careful, we get rutted on one kind and we need all kinds, all kinds. Dad Hagen's teaching uh, points out nine different types of prayer. Amen. And uh, not, we need all of them. Don't get rutted in one way of doing something. And, and, and I, I know this, probably 20 or so years ago, I was spending lots and lots of time praying in the spirit, which is appropriate to do. But God said to me, he said, you're missing it in your prayer life. Why? I got rutted in praying in the spirit and leaving the other kinds unaddressed. And he said, uh, he said, you bring up a request for me and then you, before me, then you let it drop. He said, you don't watch over what you asked of me. In Colossians four, verse two, it says, continue in prayer and watch over the same. What? What you prayed. Watch over it with what? With thanksgiving. 
Amen. And so uh, we, we don't want to just get rutted on one kind, just one flow. And uh, we thank God that's why we're here to learn different things. And as I said, um, is that um, we can teach prayer from different perspectives, different approaches to prayer. We can teach the act of praying. And the nine different types of prayer are those acts of praying. We can teach the results that happen and the, the effects that come about because we pray and what is impacted and what the effect of using our authority in prayer will accomplish. Because I tell you what, it says that the, the Amplified says that the prayers of a righteous man, the Amplified makes tremendous, a tremendous measure of power available, dynamic in its working. It's talking about the effects of when a righteous man prays. But there's also, and this is one of the things that God had us to start with on Tuesday night, and that is the things that affect our prayer life. Because uh, as we referenced, our love walk affects our prayer life, <laughs> right? Our, uh, how, what we, um, our thought life affects our prayer life. Our, um, the renewing of the mind. Yes, affects the prayer life, right? So many, th really the way we choose to live every day affects our prayer life. It affects what we, what, how we speak to other people will affect how, how effective we are in speaking to God. Because you'll remember whenever they sent word to Jesus that Lazarus, he said, word was sent to Jesus and he was not in the town where Lazarus was. And they sent him word and said, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God. The sickness wasn't to the glory of God, but what happened to that sickness was to the glory of God. And uh, at that time, all they told him was he's sick, but he immediately addressed death. Why? Because he knew that by the time the messenger got here, got to him, the man was already dead. The, man, the messenger only carried what he knew right. at the time he left, right. but time passed yes. and he, the man died. And so uh, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God. And two days later, he shows up in front of Lazarus's tomb and he says this. He said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. Look at this and you hear me always. He doesn't just hear us when we're directing our speech to him. He hears us when we're directing it to people. He hears us when we're directing it at, around the dinner table. He hears us when we're at work, what our speech is. And Jesus was saying, what I'm saying in front of the tomb is not out of keeping with what I said before I got to the tomb. Basically. Meaning, if we're going to have an effective prayer life, it's not just what we say to God. It's what we say in our daily life. And these are things that affect the prayer life. And so to, as we, as we, because every single one of us want to mature and develop and bear more and more fruit in our prayer life. That's why we're here. We're hungry for that. Amen. So to do that, the wonderful thing about that desire calls for us to address every aspect of life. Amen. Amen. And that we, we're, we choose to do that, right? I said, we choose to do that. Um, 
Dad Hagen would make this statement that blessed me so much because the statement was not only a report of his prayer life, it was a challenge to us. And he said, since I've learned how to pray, I've never had one prayer unanswered. Now he said, there were times I had to make changes to receive the answer. But that is our goal, every prayer answered. Every prayer answered. Not just praying because it's the, the expected thing at a time of need, but because we intend. We intend to see that answer. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Um, sometimes we have to change something to receive the answers that we know belong to the need. Amen. That change may be needed in the way we're praying. It may be in the way we're thinking. It may be in what we're doing. It may be in what we're not doing. But thank God for the Holy Ghost that helps us to know that so we're not just doing a hit and miss trial and error method. We just turn to him and he will direct us. Why? So that we can be more effective co-laborers in this flow of prayer. Amen. So uh, the thing about when you see people that are effective or hear people that are effective or read about books of people whose prayer lives were effective, they didn't start out that way. I said they didn't start out that way. They just kept at it. They just kept at it. They kept being a student and didn't get frustrated with themselves in the learning process. They just kept learning and just kept practicing and just kept doing and just kept being pruned, right? Praise the Lord. John chapter 15 and verse seven. You can look there with me if you would, where Pastor Noel has been referring to, but John 15 verse seven, Jesus said, if you abide in me. So we see this conditional word right at the front of the verse. If If you, not if God, not if the devil, if you, what happens at the end of the verse is depicted by what happened at the front of the verse. (laughs) If you, it shall be done unto you based on if you, (laughs) what two conditions does he, does this verse show? If you number one, abide in me. If you're born again, you are in Christ. You are in Christ. But in that abiding that we're born again and we do abide in him, then we, that should be reflected in the way we live, that we abide in him. Meaning we're mindful that we, we're in him. So it does matter how we go about life because in him needs to be represented in our daily life. That we are in him needs to show up in how we handle situations, how we address people and how we address needs. We need to show that we abide. Amen. If you abide in me and, so that one was number one, here's number two, and my words abide or a living thing in you They have found their home in you. Something's not abiding in us until it has found its way into our daily life. It's the doing. It's the doing. 
If something's abiding, it's found its place in our doing. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's good. If you abide in me and my words are done in your life, yes. could yes. we put it that way? Yes. They're a living thing. They're carried out in your everyday life. Yes. Then you're going to ask. You shall ask. Why? Because when his words are in you, you refuse to do without what his words say is yours. It compels you to ask. And if we're not asking, his word is not as big in us as it should. It's not getting the attention it should be getting because when it gets the attention, you will not, we will not leave anything of the word unclaimed. When, when you are mindful that you're in me, that you are one with Christ. See, you, we have to be mindful that we are in him. That means we, we run out condemnation. We run out fear. We run out these things because they, they're wrong thinking. They are thoughts against in Christ. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, they're a living, moving thing in you. You shall ask. You'll, you'll ask. <laughs> and it shall be done. Many claim it shall be done. It shall be done. If you abide, if you abide in your thought life, the mindfulness that you are one with me dictates how you conduct your daily life. And then the words that are in you become a living thing that empowers, it puts power behind that in Christ. Amen. 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 So when his words, as I said, are living in us, it's, a, it's going to turn us into greater doers. Our doing of the word should always be increasing. Our doing of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to look at this phrase and my words abide it. My words, my word, words, my, my words, not calculated, not your calculated words, not your measured words, not your, your plan words, my, my, my words for you. That's going to involve the written word. But it's also going to involve the spoken word by the spirit. What has God said to us in his word and what has he said to us by his spirit? His words must be abiding, meaning we're listening to him. What's he dealing with us about? Let me put it that way. What is he dealing with us about? Those words have, what he's dealing with us about, we have to agree with that. Amen. We have to abide. Those words he's dealing with us about have to abide in us, meaning we don't, we don't dismiss them. We don't act as though he's not dealing with us about that. What he's addressing, we address. Amen. What is he saying to us? And we must be doers of the written word, but we also have to be doers of what he's dealing with us about in this moment of our lives. And there's always something he's dealing with us about because there's always more for us. And even if he's not dealing with you about something that needs to be changed, I'm saying something that would be a negative, there's always more he's dealing with us about moving in to further of what he's already made ours. Amen. Amen. 
So it's not just a change of getting rid of something negative. It's about laying hold of something that's, that's available that we have not um, valued enough to press into. Amen. Hallelujah. These are the two conditions. Then in Smig Smith Wigglesworth, I was going to say Smigglesworth. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think one is any more odd than the other, but Smigglesworth. Can you too turn two into one? Uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And it's, it's funny because when we go to Russia or is it Brazil? I don't remember which one is it. They can't. Brazil. It's Brazil. They can't say it. So they say we don't really, we're not able to. I don't know whether it's just the pronunciation, right? Is that? And so uh, Smith W. <laughs> whatever, whatever, right? But he makes this statement. He said, every new revelation requires a fresh dedication. Every new revelation. What's a revelation? Something God reveals to you. Something God reveals to us through his word, but also something God reveals to us by his spirit that's particular and specific to our lives. And that all calls for a fresh dedication. Why? Because every revelation has to have your attention to move into it. We won't float into revelation. We have to, on purpose, make it an emphasis of our life. And not just, and this is why many people hear things from God, but because they just think, well, if God said it, he'll do it. Well, as long as he can get our cooperation with what he said. Because God doesn't do anything for us apart from us. That's right. Amen. So when he speak, when he reveals revelation by his word or by his spirit, this is part of abiding in him. We have to abide in that. What's that mean? We have to make that part of our life, our daily life. And by making that part of our life, it has to get our attention and emphasis because we're building something. That's good of that revelation that he's showing, of that thing that he's dealing with us about. It's, we, have to, uh, we have to put something in place and that's very much on purpose. And this is what Smith Wigglesworth or Smigglesworth or, or Smith W meant. And that is with every fresh, every new revelation calls for a fresh dedication. Because what God shows you will not automatically, or what God offers us will not automatically come into manifestation in our life. We have to show him we're interested. Why? Because those who hunger get filled. Those who hunger for it. Amen. Um, then when we receive greater light through the word, through something the spirit reveals to us. And it's always in line, what the spirit reveals will always be in line with the word or it's Amen. not the spirit. Yeah. But when we receive greater light that calls for us that we have to dedicate ourselves to live, to walk in that light. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
And to walk in the light, many times we had to quit walking the way we were walking. Now, this is really referring, if we could say this to this word, consecration. Just consecrating ourselves. Um, Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one and verse nine. Because when I pray this prayer and we encourage you, those of you that will be watching this, maybe you're watching, you're with us live or you'll watch this service later. And those of you in here, build your prayer life off of the epistles, the prayers in the epistles. You say, what are the epistles? Well, the first four books of the New Testament are the gospels. Those deal with Jesus's life, earthly life and ministry. Those are the gospels. The epistles are the rest of the letters written to the church that make up the rest of the New Testament. And see, if we're not careful, people watch this and we just say these words without really people explaining it. I I grew up in a church and I never heard the, the, the definition of what are these called? Was it Brother Richard Roberts? It cracked me up. He said, somebody asked him when he said the word epistles, he says, are those the wives of the apostles? <laughs> the epistles are married, the apostles are married to the epistles? Or? <laughs> if nobody tells them, how do they know? <laughs> so pastors always remember, not everybody knows what is so familiar to us. We were down in one church and, and my husband was preaching and he made reference to, you know, the Pauline revelation. And a a man came up to, I don't remember if it was to him or to the pastor and says, now I've heard of Paul, but who's Pauline? (laughs) Listen, I would have been asking the same thing raised in the church I was raised in. The Pauline epistles are just the epistles Paul wrote, right? They're, 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 they're a cool way to say like Smigglesworth, yeah. you know? <laughs> Teasing. So, Philipp, so I said, I got off track there. So to say all this, go through those epistles that make up the, the letters to the church after the four gospels and find the prayers. Build your prayer life, including those, so that you don't have to think up your own wording. This wording is anointed. And I will start, I will pull out these prayers and I will say, Father, I'm going to pray as far as I know. By, based on the word. And then I will say, after I prayed those, now, Holy Spirit, I yield to you to give me any further utterance that's needed about anything else I've prayed about. Right? Amen. But we, we, we operate off of what we know of the word. And so this is what you want to pray. You don't want to pray your feelings like Pastor Noel was talking. You don't want to just be uh, drifting. And, and what God said to me, I'll, I'll tell off on me. I'd love to tell off on you, but I don't know you like me. So... Um, my mother, I I grew up, you know, playing the piano. And so my mother made sure I practiced an hour every day, starting from the time I started. Yeah, I was about, um, in in fifth, fifth grade, I was about 10 years old 
when I started. And so I had to practice an hour every day. So I learned real quick, she couldn't read music. So just make noise on the piano. I could play, I, I wasn't necessarily practicing the pieces I was assigned because they were boring. And so I would just play whatever I wanted. And as long as she heard sound, she thought I was practicing. But I was really wandering, wandering. I, I didn't, I wasn't following the prescribed plan of the teacher because I like playing this one. I don't like playing that one. So I would just wander around on the good pieces, I know. One day, years ago, God said to me, you, pr you pray like you used to practice. Don't sit there and do that to me. <laughs> Who are you? No, I'm teasing. What was he saying? You're wandering. In all, in, in all respects, in all respects, growing up, just my natural temperament, I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer. Creative people can do that. Not all creative, but this creative person did that. <laughs> and, and, and so I, ha I still have to, I have to make up a plan for the next day so that I don't wander my way through life. You can do that in your prayer life and you just wander around. You, you, you don't have any particular aim. <laughs> or you wander around based on what's pushing. Seriously, we've all done it. But let's just take the word with us to prayer and let's pray the word. Amen. Set us some very definite steps. And then be, as, as you're on the defined steps of the word of prayer, then if more needs to be prayed, the spirit of God will alert you and stay sensitive. Does that make sense to you? Because if, if we're not careful, we'll end up wandering in prayer and really bore no fruit. But yet our mind is gratified that we prayed and our checklist got checked. I call it this, there's spirit praying and then there's business praying. Yeah. That's kind of, there are some things I know need to be brought before God. That's the business of my life, the business of the ministry. And I will bring that because I'm responsible for that. But then I don't just do all business and leave out the spirit, but I don't do all spirit because and then I've done that and then got corrected by God because I was leaving out the business. The things I knew needed attention, I didn't need him to tell me that needed attention. Amen. When you're a parent, you don't need child protective services to come and tell you, you need to feed your children today. You need to teach them this today. There's the business of parenting that you do. But if you're all business and no, and no, and no fun with your kids, you see, then something's going to be missing in the, in, the parent, in the parenting. It's the same thing with prayer. There's a business side. Things you know you're responsible, be, be responsible with those things toward God, not worry, well, not worrisome like Pastor Noel was talking, not worrisome, but aware. I'm aware this is under my authority. Amen. And I can't pass that off to someone else, but then I don't want to turn it all legalistic because then I become a worrier like he's warning us against. No, it's there's spirit praying and business praying. Amen. And, and they're both called for, but do it in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. Philippians chapter one. We still haven't gotten there yet, have we? <laughs> Philippians chapter one and verse nine. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. So if you have a Amplified on a device or something you might have there, you might want to pull it up. Philippians chapter one, verse nine, the Amplified classic. 
Paul is writing and he said, and this I pray. Well, if he said, see, he made it so clear. If, if, this, if this is what Paul prayed, this, say this, this I pray too. <laughs> and this I pray too. Look at this, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development. How can it extend to its fullest development in knowledge? When you gain knowledge, your love grows the right way. And extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. So good, right? Verse 10. So that you, so he's talking about your love growing, your knowledge growing, and that will show up in your love walk. When you're growing in knowledge, it's going to show up in your love walk. And he's saying, I pray that your love may grow and that's going to happen by knowledge increasing. Verse 10. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Verse nine is written so that, verse 10. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Look at that, vital. Not everything in life is vital. Even if it's what you prefer. Seriously, we all have preferences, but that doesn't mean it's vital. But you may surely learn to sense what is a sense from, from, from God, from the Holy Ghost, that he directs you in what you call vital in your life and what you treat as vital. That you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Look at this and approve. Approve. So what is vital needs your approvement. Could we say this? Your agreement. That's good. So that you, and, and what is vital, and approve it, agree with that, and then prize, prize it. Amen. What is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best, yes. and distinguishing the moral differences. Every time I read this, I see consecration. Yes. Seeing what is most important and saying, this is the direction I go. This is, to, this is a consecration so that I don't just live on my preferences, but I live agreeing with what I sense is vital to the heart of God. Now see, we, we quote this, that David was a man after God's own heart. You know what that means? What was on God's heart is what he made on his heart. It's this, it's this verse that he sensed what was on the heart of God and he made his heart in that direction. He put his heart, his affection, his interest in that direction. Yes. That's good. That's good. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Why do people end up in the places they end up in life? And I'm talking about Christians because the things that should be vital to them are not. That's good. If they would just see what is vital, they'll cut away what is unimportant. So it's really, verse 10 is uh, seeing what is superior. And when we talk about vital, it's 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 not between 
bad and good or right right and wrong. It's between good and best. So we see that. And then once we see it, we consecrate ourselves to it. We say, that's my flow. That's what I choose. And anything that will hinder me in what is vital, I set it aside. Amen. So know this in verse nine, it's calling us to a a love that's growing through the knowledge of God that's growing, Uh right? And that calls us to give us, to give ourselves to what's highest and best. Our consecration to God grows and matures. What we were okay with in ourselves 10 years ago, we would never look back and say that we're okay with that now. Why? Not because we were sinners back then. We weren't many times saved, but our consecration grew. What we sensed was vital grew. It matured into being in line with what God has defined. Amen. So um, then those who recognize and consecrate ourselves to the highest and best, we'll be able to do the, the rest of verse yes. 10. Now let's go on to the rest of verse 10 and 11. And that you may be untainted. See, when you sense what is vital and you approve it, you agree with it, it's going to keep you from being tainted yes. with things that trip up other people. Now I'm talking yeah. about Christians. I'm not talking about the yeah, world. Yeah. That when you sense what is vital, the things that troubled other people's lives will not trouble you anymore because you not only sensed what is vital, you approved of it. Remember this word approve. doesn't matter that you sense it if you don't approve. Amen. We have to agree with what, with what is, with what our spirit is, with what he's showing us in our spirits and what the word shows us to see in verse nine is growing knowledge of the word, right? So verse 10, the the second half, and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless. Wow. This gives you the best life. So that with hearts sincere and certain means that, ah, we're fixed. We're certain and unsullied, which means pure. You may approach the day of Christ. Look at this, not stumbling. Why? Because what you sensed was vital, you approved it. And you say, I consecrate myself to what is vital. And when I do that, it holds me in the path of purity and righteousness and that which blesses my life. And I'm not stumbling going, what should I do? As I go further, I'm living accurately. Not stumbling, nor causing others to stumble. What we choose to give ourselves to is going to affect people who see us. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. And pastors, I love something who, who said it today. Pastor Craig Field said this today. One of the things God said to him is he said, as the pastor, you're the door to your church. That's true. Well, and, and I got to thinking about that and I was going home and I was making notes because Jesus said, I'm the door. He's the door for the whole body. Yeah. But as a pastor, you're the door yeah. for your church. Right. 
you let in or you keep out things out on your people. As a parent, you are the door to your family. Is that not right? You either let things in on your family or you keep things closed out on your family. And as a pastor, that it matters what we allow ourselves to call vital and what we approve of and what we prize. Because if we don't call Jesus healer, no one will get healed in our church. If we don't call him savior, no one gets saved in our church. If we don't call him uh, provider, no one gets provided for by his supply in our church. Because I grew up in a church, precious people, but he wasn't called, Jesus wasn't called savior. No one got saved. He wasn't called healer. No one got healed. He wasn't called provider. No one received divine supply. Why? Because the, what the pastor preaches is the door and how the pastor lives. Um, when in doubt, I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, verse 11. May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness. See, since we're righteous, there should be fruit of that in our life. That should show up in the arenas of our life. The fruit of it. May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing. Because we are righteous, it's Jesus' righteousness that he made ours. We're not righteous because of anything we've earned. We're righteous not because we did it right, but because he's done everything right. But because we're righteous, he doesn't just bring us into righteousness so we can say it. It's so we can bear the fruit of it. And this is what he's praying for, for Christians. So you may abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness of right standing with God and right doing because we're right with God. Now we do right. Which come through Jesus Christ, the anointed one to honor and praise of God that his glory may be both manifested and recognized. So, uh, it's not always, as I said about wrong and right. It's about what's vital. It's about what's excellent. It's about what's to be prized. And then that we approve. We prize that. We agree. If God calls that vital, I call that vital. Even if I've not treated it as vital, I do from here on. And that's consecration. And that's what Smigglesworth... That's what Smith Wigglesworth was referring when he said, every new revelation calls for a fresh dedication. Why? He sees something more. And so he brings his life into agreement with what he sees. And this is something that came to my heart last night that as we were praying it out and I hadn't thought about this, he said, your agreement is your consecration. Your you're consecrated to what you're agreeing with. People struggle. I'm going to get consecrated. I'm going to get consecrated. Then they just agree. <laughs> just agree with what he says. And if you agree, you're a doer. Amen. 
and we're not agreeing if we're not doing. What did Jesus talk about? Remember he gave the, um, he gave the, the, the parable about that a father went to a son and said, go work in the field today. And he said, all right. And he never did. And then one, the other one he went and he says, no, I'm not doing it. But he went. The doing is the agreeing, not the verbalizing. But to help you do it, say it. <laughs> Amen. So we can say it. The intention is not the doing. I intend to do that. I have a heart. Listen, I've been corrected on this. God, I, I want to do right. And he said, then do it. Then just do it. Quit telling me that your heart is to do it right. Just do it right. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we give ourselves a pass because we have a good heart. We have a good intention. But we've not agreed till it's done. So when I see this prayer of Paul, I see consecration. So basically, this is what you're praying, that people would see it and they'd live it. They come consecrated to it. And they'd see it in such a way that it finds its way into their everyday life. Amen. Amen. Consecration plays a role in the prayer life that bears much fruit. Consecration plays a role in the prayer life that bears much fruit because if his word, if we are abiding in his word, remember John 15, seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what words, what's he dealing with you about? What's he speaking to you about? We cannot know what he's dealing with us about, not agree, and then think we're going to have effective prayer lives. Amen. Amen. Because uh, obedience to what he's dealing with us about is going to bear great fruit. Praise the Lord. When we struggle with our prayer life or a thriving prayer life, a thriving study life, it's just due to one thing, consecration needed, lack of consecration, lack of agreeing, lack of agreeing that it's vital, lack of agreeing that it's important. Well, I know it's important. No, you don't. Because if you agree, you do. Well, I intend to. Intentions. Mm. No, no grocery store takes them. No bank takes them. But we want God to take it. Well, listen, we've all been there. I said we've all been there. Because we intend to make a change. Tell the electric company, I intend. I intend to pay that bill. Well, the lights go off until. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's right. Because your intention, our intentions don't spend, but yet too many times we're wanting God to cash in on our intention. And bless us based on our intention. That's good. It calls us to agreement, and agreement is doing. I said agreement is doing. So whenever, years and years ago, I said to God, um, I just, parenting, all the things I was doing, maybe 20, 
maybe around 20, 25 years ago now. And I said to God, I said, oh, I haven't spent enough time in the word. I, Father, I repent. And he said, I'm not the one that needs it. He said, don't have to repent to me about it. You're the one that needs it. Because repenting about it still did not put it in me. I intend to read, well, what is vital? What is vital? Now, let me say this. What God will put on as ministers, we know this. Uh, it tells us in Acts, we will not leave prayer and ministry of the word to tend to the tables. That's what the apostles were saying. When needs of the ministry came up, they said, we will not leave prayer and ministry of the word. But we understand as ministers, we have to be careful that we don't describe the devotional life of the minister and say that the sheep have to uh-huh. do what we're doing because it's based on what we're called to, what we're assigned to, and what God's dealing with us about. But I will say this, learn to live and pray at the same time. Just learn to talk to God. Learn to just go about your day. I love something George Mueller said. He said, um, if I'm not eating or sleeping, I'm talking to God. Or talking to someone else, I'm talking to God. And he said, I talk to him all the time. And that's why answers are always coming. He said, I expect him to answer me. Why? He made it. Like what, this is what Pastor Noel, I believe, was one of the things he was bringing out to us. That it's a simple exchange. It's not just a routine, a fixed rut of religious, re- religiously defined praying. It's a, it's a fellowship. It's a communion first. And out of the communion, then requests are made. Dad Hagen made this statement. He said, before I make requests to the Lord, I take time Mm -hmm. to get in the spirit. So it matters where we make our requests from. We can't just be in the mental arena. Take time to spend time with God, but not to check it off our list, but because he's first and vital. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So consecration plays a role in a prayer life that's going to bear much fruit and lack of, lack of the prayer life, the state life. That, I'm not saying just about what God's dealing and leading you into. Right, right. How it worked. You know, Ed and I did things very differently. I mean, in our spiritual fellowship with God and in our communion, but we arrived at the same place in the sense of we bore fruit. You know? There's very different rapport that I have with different people. There are some things I'll say to some I'd never say to another. Where's Dee Dee? Where's my, I don't know if she's in here. She's working. Dee Dee's my administrator. I will tell her straight up. And she'll talk to me pretty straight up. But there's others I wouldn't talk to that way. And And it's not rude. We're not ever rude in our exchange. We're definite. 
we're, if I could say this, more unfiltered. We're just, because we are straight point talking. We're both to the point. Don't have time to, for the niceties. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. But to others, see, I would never handle other people that way because we, we have different places in different people's lives. And it's the same thing with your fellowship with the father. I can't, I can't define it by mine for you. He wants to hear from you, from you, not from someone else through you. Thinking he, he wants me this way. No, he wants you. Amen. But let knowledge of the word give him the best version of you. <laughs> not the emotional version, not the wandering version. The word will hone us in and make us accurate in our fellowship with him. Praise the Lord. Consecration, agreeing with what God shows us. Dad Hagen would say this, it's dangerous to come up to light and not walk in it. What's he saying? It's dangerous to know something and not do it. It's dangerous. So it's dangerous for God to show us what's vital and us not approve it, not agree with it. Why? Consecration is the protection of power. Oh, that's good. I said consecration is the protection of a flow of power. Because when you're handling greater degrees of power, it has to be handled rightly. And when you're consecrated, you're agreeing with God on how that is handled. Does that make sense to you? Um, I, I've, at different times, some of you may have the same thing. You go to plug in your phone and your cord is compromised, your charger cord. <laughs> it can come a little bit undone or... The, 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 the rubber away around the, the wires is peeled back. I've seen people go, brother, check your house after you plug that in. Because you want to make sure your house is still there after. <laughs> because some cords are so exposed. They never give you just wires. Those wires are encased in a rubber protective conduit, right? <laughs> Consecration is that protective flow of life around power, protecting your life from mishandling power because I'm consecrated. I'm not using my mouth one way and trying to conduct power through my mouth another way. You can't because Consecrated talk protects the flow of power. Consecrated thoughts protect the flow of power. Consecrated actions, consecrated praying, all of this affects the flow of power. And I have used a cord to charge my phone where the rubber was pulled back, but it's still charged and I don't have another one, so there you go. I'm using it. I've done that. But if I were to see a bundle, because some appliances, there's wires bundled together. And uh, I don't know, we have different things around here. I don't know what it calls for. The plug doesn't even look the same. What's that, that plug different? It's got, you know what I'm talking about. 
What's it called? Help me. No, no, no. You, you're asking. It's, it's a different, forget it. No, it's a, it's a, it's anyway. It's two tw- thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> because we'll go to do something. He'll say, you don't have a, what, a 220 over there. It's got to be wired for 220. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, people watching and <laughs> I'm just working it out. <laughs> and if it's not wired for that, you don't want to take something. And put... And if there is a device, if there's appliance, if there's something that calls for 220 and you see fraying on the cord plugged into that, do not, do not, do not, because there's a greater measure of power. And without that protection there, that power that was meant to bless will now be a destructive flow. Burn a house down, burn a building down, right? I flicked one in, in my courtyard, I flicked, uh, well, first of all, I noticed that the, the light switch was hot when I touched it. I go, now that's not good. I don't know anything about electrical, but I don't like my, my outlets hot. But I kept using it, just. <laughs> I took note. I took note. So the next time I flicked it, I saw a flash. I go, Stephen, can you come over here? So Stephen came. He says, yeah, that that thing burned up. It burned up. Something, you don't keep using power when something is compromised. Correct, consecration keeps you from being compromised. Consecration is a protection. So when God calls us to greater levels of agreement with him, Agreeing with him in a greater flow, in a greater something else that he is showing us, a consecration to it. It's so he can take us into something greater protected. The greater the anointing, the smaller the margin for error. As we grow in our anointings, in our offices, in our callings, as we grow, um, the margin for error diminishes. If I could say it this way, if this microphone represented a vessel, a tall glass, and you saw this much power in, if it could be a visible substance, and it came up to the top of this green tape right here, you, the vessel has this much room left for whatever. But if there's this much power in the vessel, look how much room is left. You see, the greater the anointing, the smaller the margin for error. You don't have room for what you used to have room for and consecration protects you in the greater flow. Amen. Thank God, consecration is a positive. It's not a, bless God, you cut this out of your life. No, you advance because you decided this is not vital to me anymore. This is not important to me anymore. Because God can deal with you about things of how you're spending your day. Things you're doing in your free time. Things you're thinking about 
and he'll say, you need to stop that. Thinking about that, why it's gonna weaken your faith. It's gonna hinder you in your thought life. It's gonna rob you of peace. So consecration protects us in the light of increase and in the place of increase. And when we're talking about five-fold offices operating at full potential power, nine manifestations of the spirit flowing at full potential power, that has to be encased in something. It's called consecration. Agreeing with what God shows you about your flow in that, about your place in that. Amen. Amen. Um, Turn with me real quick, Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22 and verse 21. When we look at this word consecration and, and call it agreement, agreeing with God, it helps us to even see this in another light. Job 22 verse 21, and this is the Amplified Classic Translation. It says this, acquaint now yourself with him. Look at this, agree with God. Agree with God. What did God tell, what did Jesus tell Paul on the road to Damascus? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. What? Not agree. Not agreeing. Not agreeing. You're going against. And it's hard for you. In our agreement, hard is, hard becomes easy. Listen, the, the, listen, you, the more knowledge and skill we gain, it turns difficult things easy. It doesn't mean that we don't have to apply ourselves in those times. But the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. The life of the believer should not be hard. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God. Look at this next phrase. And show yourself to be conformed. How do you show yourself to be conformed? You're doing it. It's, you're doing it in your everyday life. It's showing up that you are conformed to his will. And look at this and be at peace. When we're consecrated and what he's dealing with us about consecrating in our lives, our peace levels will increase. Lack of consecration robs us of peace. We'll be troubled. Why? Because our own hearts know we're not doing what he's dealing with us about. And be at peace. What about financial peace? What about mental peace? What about marital peace? It all comes from agreeing with God. What about physical peace? Agreeing with God, what is he dealing with us about? Because we can have peace in one arena and not in another arena. Um... A woman walked up to Dad Hagen years ago and um, a denominational woman had come and that was her first service to hear Brother Hagen teach on healing and this denominational woman received her healing in the service. And a woman that had been part of that church for many years and needed healing came up to Brother Hagen after the services. I want, to tell, I want you to tell me something. What is it? I'm part of this church. I've been serving here for years and years and years and God won't heal me. And he healed a woman who's not even part of this church. Why won't God heal me? And this is what Brother Hagin said. Why won't you agree with him? That's right. 
She hadn't agreed that she was the healed. You see, we, we think things aren't showing up when they're waiting for our agreement. Agree with God, be at peace. Look at this. And that, by that, by what? By agreeing with God and doing it. By, be, by agreeing with God and being conformed to his will. Show that you're conformed through doing. Notice this, by that you shall prosper. You don't have to struggle for it. Prosperity will show up because you agreed with him. By that you shall prosper. Look at this, and great good shall come to you. It'll come. It'll just come to you. Great good will come. Not just good, great good will come. Amen. Hallelujah. Anything we're struggling with, when God's dealing with us, anything we're struggling with, we're struggling because we haven't agreed. That's why we're struggling. When someone has a call of God on their life and they're struggling, it's because they haven't agreed with it. When God is trying to bring them further into what his plan holds and they're struggling, it's because they haven't agreed. And I have found this out, is that the struggle is far worse than the agreeing would have been. The struggle is a torment. It's just a, a monkey on your head, a monkey on your back, depriving different arenas of our lives. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We can only really live fully consecrated as we walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit helps you to agree because you're living, being led by your spirit instead of dominated by your mind. And the devil will use the thoughts of your mind to try to talk you out of agreeing with what your heart's dealing with you about. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Then I'll close with this. Just give me couple more minutes, then I'll close with this because God dealt with me about this. This is something that I did a bit of a teaching on to the master class, um, the FOF ministers, the master class, and I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm just going to reference it. But one of the things that God began dealing with me about is he said, when you say yes to God, you say yes to the plan. You said yes to everything connected to it. So you, we don't get to select what of the plan that we choose to agree with or choose to struggle, just say yes. The blessing of God goes with the person who says yes. God has reserved no blessing for those who say no. People who say no, there's no, there's no blessing left because he spent it all on those who say yes. Amen. When a young man falls in love with a young girl, and he's going to propose. Many times, what he's thinking about is, oh, she's so pretty. Oh, she's lovely. Oh, yes, yes. And he starts planning, how can I propose? And he shops the ring, and he's all excited about what's right in front of him. He, the, you know, the, he plays it out in his head a million times, I think. <laughs> I hope, I hope there's enough interest to do that. And they play it out and he imagines if I, okay, I'll try it this way. I'll try it that way. Oh, I hope she likes this ring. Oh, and all this, does it fit? And all this kind of stuff. And he's absorbed with what's right here about that event. And then he thinks, he imagines her saying yes. And hopefully when he does it, he gets a yes. 
<laughs> or it's like, oh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> but he gets a yes. And many times when she says yes, all she's looking at in the yes is the ring. <laughs> it's a new piece of jewelry. <laughs> it's a better piece of jewelry than I ever had. And she starts thinking of, she starts planning the dress. Oh, it's a dress. The, the yes is going to get me in a dress. And the, and the yes is going to get me, you know, my Cinderella day. And yeah. <laughs> Why do some of you guys laugh really loud? <laughs> And then they're thinking about the plan and where, oh, where we'll have it. And I mean, to, and today it's very elaborate. Whatever, I, you know, I just remember, I, I eloped. I loved it. I loved it. I just remember the day when you had a cake and some, and some nuts and mints on the table. Anybody remember that? Before the dinner thing took off, right? You know, things change. And so I eloped. And, and so, you know, he imagines that she'll say yes. And she's thinking of that day and she's planning, oh, where are the, the venue? We never heard of that word venue. What's a venue? Is that at the bottom of the menu? The venue? I mean, I, I don't know what, what, what is the venue? And, and so and so they think of what, you know, all of the events of that. They think, where will we go on our honeymoon? And they dream about it and they plan about it. And that's to them what yes means. <laughs> but then they find out <laughs> that yes meant dirty laundry. Yes meant house payments. Yes meant you're in my territory. Yes meant why are you touching my stuff? Yes meant my money is going to go to pay for what? <laughs> because when they said yes, they thought they were saying yes to the glitter. And yeah, but why is there so much glitter? Because there's so much grease. <laughs> The grease of everyday life of just making it happen, you know? <laughs> and then they say, then they, let's have a baby and their glitter gets in their eyes again. <laughs> and when they said yes to a baby, they didn't know that they said yes to no more sleep. Yeah, you can't pick up and go. What do you mean, diapers? You, I mean, it was a revelation when they got married and moved out of the house and found out toilet paper didn't come with the house. And I've got stories on that that I'll not share. They had no idea that yes, man. Well, for <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. It was so funny because Ed, Ed traveled a lot and I could handle being the parent. I, that did not bother me that I was at home. That was no problem to me, but it was so cute because he'd come home and he'd, you know, he'd, you could tell he's putting an effort to be mindful that, you know, he was gone and he'd say, Nancy, if you want to go shopping today, I'll babysit for you. And I said, Ed, there's no such thing as babysitting your own children. 
That's called parenting. That's not called babysitting. That's not called babysitting. <laughs> you mean you want to parent while I go shopping? <laughs> All these little tweakings that help the mind think a different way. But when they said yes, they never had in, they never thought of all the disagreements in that yes that have to be resolved before dark, before bedtime. Now, no, you're not Joshua. You cannot speak. Sun, stay there. Moon, stay there. <laughs> so that it doesn't go down and you can, yeah, yeah. Time is no longer yours. When you said yes to that baby, you said, I don't, I don't need any of the calendar, any of the clock. It's no longer mine. It's all yours. I want to be bossed around by seven pounds. I want to lose total authority of my life. But when you said yes to a child, you said yes to everything. When we say yes to God, we said yes to everything, but none of it is negative. It's all a positive. We said yes to, when we said yes to God, we said yes to renewing the mind. We said yes to walking in love. We said yes to the plan of God. We said yes to consecration. We said yes to all of these things because they lived in that one word of yes. We said yes to the challenges without complaint. We said yes to patiently, patiently walking in faith. We said yes to the process of pioneering. We said yes. When we said yes to the plan, we said yes to all of that. But let me tell you something else we said yes to was a prayer life that prayed out the plan. We said yes to that. So let's not leave it out because that's part of, that's part of our agreeing with God and conforming to his will, coming into agreement. When we learn, when we, when he begins to show us what is vital, he's showing us his plan for us. Amen, and we agree with that. I said we agree with that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, are you helped tonight? Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you so much. It's such a joy <laughs> that when we say yes, everything good is attached to that. And so, Father, we'll not be duped by anything that would try to talk us out of agreeing with everything you show, with everything your word reveals to us, all of it is a joy to us. We delight to do your will. Nothing of your will is a burden, troublesome thing. We delight, we delight to do your will. And let me tell you, the flesh will fight you in your prayer life. Amen. It'll fight you in your prayer life. The flesh doesn't want to pray. But if you'll just hook up to your heart and get past that, you'll step into a place to where, ah, now you know what, what you've been trying, what the enemy would really love to keep you out of. 
Amen. So just, um, just agree with everything God's dealing with you about. And I tell you, he's dealing with us all about something, even in prayer, about something more, about something further, about something to correct, about something to let go of that's not important so that we can emphasize what is vital, what's the highest and the best. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for all that you are doing and working in this hour. And Father, we realize that this era calls for something even more and different than previous times of our lives. And every new season, we say yes to. We've already said yes, but we'll carry out that yes by continuing to agree with what you're showing us, that which you're revealing to us that we are to abide in. Because if we abide in you and your words abide in us, we shall ask and it shall be done. That's how we arrive at the it shall be done is because we agree with that which you're dealing with us about, that which you're showing, that which you're revealing. And we give you thanks and praise. We glorify you. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We delight. Say this with me. I delight to do your will. I agree with my whole heart, with your plan, and with that, which you're speaking to me, which you're showing me, what you're bringing me into, I wholeheartedly agree, and it will show up in my doing. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We magnify you. Let's sing something if you would. Lord, we consecrate us unto your service. For this cause you have placed your spirit upon us. And so we vow to take our stand to do your will to do your plan and together we will work hand in hand Lord we consecrate ourselves unto your service for this cause you have placed your spirit upon us and so we vow to take our stand to do your will to do your plan and together we will work hand in hand come on every heart tonight Ourselves unto your service. 
Spirit upon us. And so we vow to take our stand, to do your will, to do your plan, and together. further in my prayer life, giving myself even in a greater way, a greater measure to my communion with you and to cooperating with your plan in prayer. And everybody said, amen. When we said yes to his plan, that's part of the plan. That's part of the plan. And it's not right to withhold our yes at any part of the plan. Amen. We agree. I said we agree. We agree. We give you glory, Father. Just glorify him. We give you glory and honor and praise. We give you glory and honor and praise. Pastor Noel, you have anything? You have anything? Okay. Yes, of course, your father. We lay hold of your plan. Yes. We lay hold of your plan tonight. The plan that you have planned before the foundation of the world. Yes. Lord Jesus, we lay hold of it. For you have given your life to that plan. And uh, we're going to finish what you have started. Yes. On the earth when you came. We thank you. We lay hold of that plan. And now... When we leave this place, the clarity of your plan will be given to us. The pursuit of that plan will be given to us. And once again, the tusk, and that anointing, and the glory of God, and the plan, and the plan, Lord Jesus, the plan, yes, Lord Jesus, and that was kept for us before the foundation of the world. It is time that that plan will be unveiled. Oh, yes, Father. We thank you for your plan. Oh, yes, Lord. Every one of us, 
We're laying hold of it yes. right now. Yes. Father, Lord God, a specific plan that you have for each and every one. Yes. Before we leave this place. Amen. Let's all pray in the spirit right now. We, let's lay hold of this plan. Yes, Father. Yes, Oh my Lord, I let take us let the plan be birthed in their spirit. Thank you for those angels, Lord. To be, they will help. The miracle angels. This, 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 in this plan that we said yes. This is where the miracles take place. As you have obeyed the plan of God when you are here on the earth, Lord Jesus. Miracle takes place. Yes. Provision yes. take place. Acceleration take place. Yes. I'll go to the multiplication yes. takes place. I got so called because it is your bread. It is the food in your life to obey the will of the Father. And you have put the Holy Ghost in us, Father. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you. You have put your nature in us. In your nature. When you are here on this earth as a man, it's to obey the will and the plan of the Father. And you have put it in us. And we said yes to it. We said yes to it. And the same anointing that came upon you will come upon us. For you have said in your word the things that I do, you shall do also. And that's the plan of the Father. And we will do it, Lord. I guess so. It is now burned. In Jesus' name. Yeah, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, things that he deals with us about can be on a broader scale and they can be on a very targeted scale. Sometimes he'll say, I don't want you having conversations about that anymore. I don't want you going to that location anymore. Why? Not because he's trying to hold something back, but he's trying to bring you into more. And there are some things that do not fit where he's taking us in our lives that they're not invited on the ride. Amen. I, I mean, even, I, I'm not a news watcher, but I, I have, you know, a certain news app or something on my phone, so I can look at headlines. I just look at headlines. And sometimes you might click on, I, I, let me see what's more of that story. I mean, God's been, been dealing with me, don't click on those stories. Don't, 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 don't even look further into that. Seriously. And it's not legalism. It's about what he's dealing with you about. But I'm saying sometimes it's a very general, it's a very general thing that he's dealing with you about. Sometimes it's very specific. So whatever that is, don't disregard it and treat it as light. Because if you agree with God and show yourself conformed to his will, you'll be at peace. 
and you'll prosper and great good shall come to you. Amen. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We magnify you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.